This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Speedway, and 10th Street, next to Ben Davis High School, for great specials, including the two for $2.50 and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey of the Kevin Kersey Agency. The Kevin Kersey Insurance Agency, a member of the Farmers Insurance Group, can help you with your home, life, auto, or business needs. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. We can also be found on Facebook at the Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. This is Jody Harley with Brownsburg Academy. Brownsburg Academy provides child care for families with classes focusing on child development. Brownsburg Academy provides daily activity reports, progress reports, and monthly newsletters to parents. Our hours of operations are 6 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. Brownsburg Academy is located at 685 Patrick Place. More information can be found at brownsburgacademy.com or by calling 317-858-8033. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio. This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. The Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Today's program is made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. And now here's your host, Rob Kendall. Welcome into another edition of Central Indiana Today here on 98.9 WIRZ. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us on the program today. We are going to speak with Scott Wise, the founder of Scotty's Brewhouse and Three Wise Men. He is a Hoosier success story, and we're going to talk about starting a business from the ground up. Literally, when he was in college, came up with the idea, and of course, now a renowned Indiana legend. Scott invited us out to the uh, corporate headquarters to sit down and talk about his career and about how he made this Hoosier success story 
Here's that conversation. Scott, thanks for being with us today, and thanks for inviting me to the, the corporate headquarters. <laughs> it's palatial, isn't it? It's a palace. It's got, there's all kinds of – we put out a red carpet for you to walk on. <laughs> it's great. I had, I had, truthfully, I've got to admit, I had no idea – Corporate-wise, you guys were this big. It's a really impressive operation. It's, uh, you know, what's crazy is that we've, so we've doubled or tripled in size in our corporate office over the last five years. And so when I first built Three Wise Men in Broad Ripple, our corporate office was there and we lasted six months and just busted out of the seams there. And so we came around and we found this office, which was a defunct mortgage company back from when the whole bust happened. And it was set up perfectly because we had all these cubicles. And when we first came in here, we only used half of them. Two years later, we've got people now sharing desks, and I'm in the midst right now of negotiating a lease for a new office. We're gonna have to move again because we're the team is growing, and it's it's a that's a I'd rather have that problem yeah. than the opposite. So it's uh, you know when I had a chance to interview Donald Trump, I talked to him a little bit before we went on air about what it was like before he was Donald Trump, like before <laughs> you were this uber rich guy. And I'm curious from your perspective, when did you know? I want to be in the restaurant business. Well, first of all, let me say I'm not uber rich, so I want to make sure that I, I'm not in that same category. Uh, you know what? I don't think I ever knew. I mean, you know, I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I always knew I wanted to own my own business from the from the get go. And I was, I think you're kind of when you're raised around parents that, you know, you you might have a parent that is a an artist or a teacher or a philanthropist, whatever that it is. You kind of are raised around that, and so I'm raised around to entrepreneurs and it kind of just soaked into me that I knew that I wanted to be in control of my own destiny. I wanted to help other people succeed. I wanted to lead and motivate and, and all these things. And so, but my dad owned a construction company and my mom owned something that I, you know, neither had, I had zero interest in both of them, which is probably a good thing because I've seen family businesses where you, you know, you, you work your way in because your family and it kind of blows up in your face. And so when I was in, the light bulb for me went off when I was living in Texas. I kind of, you know, now I can sit back and look at how this all went down, but I kept running from my last name. I kept, because I was always known as Debbie and Jerry's son in my town, in Muncie. Right. And so I, I was always, for college, I wanted to move away. And for my first job, I moved to Texas. And so when I was in Texas, and this, this the light bulb went off, and it was mostly because I hated my day job. I was doing a nine to five. I was working as a marketing guy in a big sporting goods company. And I just was like, God, I'm not meant to be behind a desk all day doing this crap that I'm doing. And so when I was I was bartending at night and I thought, man, all through college, I've worked in this industry. Never once did I think that this should be a career path. And I thought, well, it's the one place that I've my I remember my dad and mom used to tell me that you'll know when you found your your career is when you go to work and it doesn't feel like work. It feels like you're going in and you just love and have a passion for what you're doing. And I thought to myself, you know what? When I go to work, waiting tables and bartending and doing this stuff, I loved it. It just felt like, I, you know, I loved entertaining. I loved talking to people and pleasing people. Well, and let me ask you about that real quick because I've had this longstanding theory. I was a Broad Ripple veteran, as most of us, you know, <laughs> were at some point. But I always used to find the waitresses and the bartenders, they were enthralling people to me because I said these people see so many people. And, and it's interesting you say that because I said if, if these people would just capture the best thoughts of everybody that's around right. them, they would be brilliant. And you're right. that guy. <laughs> well, you know what? This business comes with – 
it looks maybe a little shinier and cleaner and fun. You know, it's like you don't want to see how the sausage is made, right? Behind the, you don't want to go right. behind the curtain and see where, where the wizard is. So there's a, just a lot of mo- – in our business, we our profitability is four pennies on the dollar if we do everything right. That's it. That's it. So you've got to you've got to really nickel and dime. You have to watch everything. Like I've got to yell at people if they don't turn the lights off and if they're using the right trash company. And, you know, you, you've got all these different little tiny things – on top of trying to just make sure you're serving hot food and fresh food and good beer and it's fast and it's friendly and, and all these other things just to get those four pennies. So the business side of a, running a restaurant, that's why I, that's why 70, 70% of us fail within the first three years four is, cents on the dollar. is because of that, because of <laughs> that, that, that ratio. So, you know, when I, so looking back again at this whole progress or process, I didn't go through it the way that most people should. Like I was a 22 year old. I opened my first Scotty's brew house in Muncie in 1996. That should have just failed miserably. It should have collapsed on my head. However, uh, number one, I had great parents that were around me and surrounded me. And number two, I knew I was in the right place. Even though a 22 year old that has no business running their first restaurant should succeed. I really got in there and I just loved and had a passion for what I was doing. I was the cook and the bartender and the server and the, I'd go home at night and I'd do the books and so you just have to have all of that stuff and then the key to everything is surrounding yourself with a great team and that's might be cliche you hear it a lot I mean I, I think in watching what the president is or president-elect soon to be president here this week is doing right now is what I admire about what's happening is he's I think he's surrounding himself with people that are very intelligent he put bygones be bygones. I can, you know, I might have had a problem with Mitt Romney, but I'm not going to see that. I want to see what's best in somebody that can elevate me to make me better. Now, you, you know, forget all your, whether what side of the aisle you're on. I, it's not really what I'm talking about. The whole point is, and what I, why I think I'm successful as an entrepreneur is not just because of me. It's because of this team around me. They all elevate me. I make sure that I've got the best CFO and I've got the best menu development guy so that when I create a new burger of the month, Scott Wise didn't create the burger. I mean, I, I talked with my menu development guy and I said, hey, we're getting into March and we should make sure that we do something that's going to be fun around St. Patrick's Day. And what do you got for me? And then he'll give me something. He'll say, what do you think about this? And I'll say, ah, don't do that, but do this. So I know what I want out of something, but I make sure that I elevate. I want everybody, you know, the tide rises with everybody, and the, I think that's important. The great ones, you think about the Ray Crocs of the world, the Colonel Sanders, they were the face. At what point did you say, I'm really comfortable being the face of my company? <laughs> my, you know what, I remember when I first created the idea, and I was sketching this thing on a napkin of all places at the airport, and I remember this vividly. I was probably 21 and a half, almost 22, and... Uh, I sound like my five-year-old saying that I was a, a half half year old, uh, and they, and I and I called it Scotty's Brew House. I'd sketched it out, and they said, "Don't do that. You don't want everybody to know your name." And I thought, oh, "No, I kind of I think it sounds good, and I I kind of like that idea." So I don't know if you know. I never thought my face. It was never the face and the name, and I thought that oh, I want to you know. I always joke that clearly I'm conceited because I wouldn't name every restaurant after myself, and I would you know my wife would back me up and tell you this all, but. I think that what it does is it gives the brand a personality because when you look at Scotty's Brew House or even Three Wiseman Brewing Company, it's me. It's my heartbeat. It's my blood. It's my person. It's it's everything that I love is wrapped up into that thing. To me, it is a fifth child, it, or it could have been my first because 
everything that happens in that restaurant goes through me. I, I touch what, the way that the food is plated, the way that it looks out looks like when it comes to you, the way that the app works when you see it and you want to use our mobile pay app, the promotions that happen every month, the Valentine's promotion, everything that happens in that restaurant, even from the point where if I'm sitting in a seat and I want to see if I can, I want to make sure I can see a TV or I want to know what beers are on tap, that all goes through me. I have somebody else that helps decide those things, but they then present something to me and say, what do you think about this? It's interesting you say that again. Our guest is Scott Wise. He's the founder of Scotty's Brewhouse, Three Wiseman. The list is on and on. Um, you're a music guy. You're, you're big into to music. I am. Um, I read an article one time. It was about ni- the year 1978, and it was Bruce Springsteen was on tour with Darkness on the Edge of Town the same time the Rolling Stones were out on Exile on Main Street. And they said Springsteen, and I'm a huge Springsteen fan, they said Springsteen's sound check was longer than the Stones' actual <laughs> concert because they said he would go up to the top of the rafters Wanted to make, make sure, sure that, everybody that, can that, hear it that right. That kid yep. that paid a dollar because a dollar to that kid was as important to the the time, you know, 20 bucks like I said in front. That. I'm kind of hearing the same thing from you saying, I want every person, whether they spend $100 or $10, and my restaurant to have that experience. That's right. You know, you want. I just think it's if if my name is going to be the stamp of approval because you're walking into the restaurant, and you're walking under my marquee. Then it, that's why I personally answer every email that comes in. That's why if you send a Facebook comment or you send a tweet, in it, you've seen it. You that's yeah. the way I think you got in touch with yeah. me today. Is yeah. that you sent a tweet? We answered it. We got made sure we had this interview. So. I, I just think that it's, you know, we're not always going to be perfect. I think it's, we're human beings. We're going to have mistakes. But I think a, a good human understands that. They accept when you make mistakes. You tell somebody you're sorry that you made a mistake, and you make it up to them. And that's why, that's why I love answering all my emails. Because number one, or, or tweets or, or Facebook comments, whatever. Because number one, it lets people know Scott Wise is still connected with the day-to-day business. You're alive. I'm alive. I'm not just, it's not just some fictitious name on the side of a building. People have said, well, now that you're getting ready to get into business with private equity and you're growing across the country, it's going to change. And I said, no, it's not. The, the, the beautiful part about the digital world that we live in is that I can electronically talk to you from wherever I am. So people that eat at my restaurant in Punta Gorda, Florida, still get an email from Scott Wise. The people that are eating in Mishawaka, Indiana, that are two hours away, still get an email from Scott Wise. If you take time to talk to me, why would I not have the courtesy to talk back to you? That's the business I'm in, is customer service. And I think that it is a lost and dying art that people are forgetting to say the basics, please and thank you. And yeah. You know, and that's and I think that if that's great, if everybody else is going to forget it, I'm not going to forget it. I'm going to remember it. And I'm going to make sure my team remembers it. Let's talk about real world impact of what you do, because obviously you're you're in it to make money on some right. level. You know, you're not you're not sure. running a charity here, sure. but you really can change communities with your restaurant. I'm going to use Brownsburg as an example. We were talking about this before we went on the air when I was on town council in Brownsburg. I think the best citizens review we got, which we get every year on the citizen survey was the year you guys opened up. People were out the door for weeks and weeks and weeks. And that happens a lot of times when restaurants first open their doors. But it has been pretty consistent, while not out the door, it's been consistent that that is a staple now of the town of Brownsburg. And you have probably been responsible for keeping a whole lot of change in the town of Brownsburg. That's a real-world thing. Jobs, lives, people. I think that it's important to be woven into the fabric of a community wherever we go. So whether it's Brownsburg or Carmel or Southport or pick any one of the communities we're in. And as we continue to grow, that's something I always tell the people that we're growing with and the city that we're growing with. And it's not going to be some just line that I give or some, you know, hey, we like to be a community partner. You should have us, you know, come support us. 
you can see through that crap, right? I mean, if you want, if I want to truly be a part of somebody's community, then that means that we volunteer when somebody has a 5K run or that when the Brownsburg schools come to me and say, can you donate for us for this father's event? Then you do it. Or, you know, I came out and I worked with Chuck Ghost on an event where we, where I went to one of the schools and I'm we went sorry to a, you had to work with Chuck. <laughs> He's a great, I haven't talked to him forever. So hopefully he hears this and, and it jabs him a little bit. We'll make sure he hears it. He, uh, so I went to the school, and, and I think they were doing a dad's breakfast, and I was the speaker for that event. And I didn't have to do that. I wanted to do it. I want it because I want people to understand that we work with the communities. And, I, and, I, and again, I think you can see, you know, if I just put a bunch of stuff on the walls that shows that, hey, we're a racing restaurant, come in and support us, then I'm going to look like everybody else in Brownsburg. But if I put it up on the walls, and then we have events where we have cars come out, and we do events that are, are fun and driven around that, then then it makes sense. And so I think also that as a as a industry again using we're people pleasers we want people to be happy and we're always there to do, i mean think of every restaurant that donates a gift card for any charity auction golf event golf outing whatever it may be i wanted to take that a step further i didn't want to just say here's a 25 dollar gift card you know good luck at your event that's why we re- that's why every month when you walk into our restaurant you're going to see something like the toys that we just collected for Peyton Manning's Children's Hospital. And not only do we collect the toys, but I go and take them personally to the hospital and I hand them to the children that are there because it means something to me because it has to be real. This thing is a heartbeat. And if it doesn't have a heartbeat and you walk in and it becomes very cold and sterile and it's just looks like they're masking, they're trying, you know, they say they're a community partner, but they're not, you're going to see through that. And I want you to support me because I'm supporting you. I'm I am providing jobs. I am providing a tax base, but you're equally re- providing to me. You're providing sales dollars, and you're coming in supporting the restaurant. And you'll find that the kids that are working, you know, we've got this disabilities challenge right now that uh, is something that we started two years ago. And I said, you know what? I've decided that I want to hire people with disabilities. I want to give people a chance that hasn't that, that that haven't been offered that opportunity. Just because they look different or act different or are different doesn't mean that they can't learn a, a job and be a productive member of our society. I think there are too many people that just look a different direction. And I said, you know what? I'm not okay with that. We're gonna ch- we're gonna challenge that norm. So. We started this two years ago. Right now, we're at six percent of our workforce. By the end of this year, we will be at ten percent of our workforce. Will be will have will have some kind of developmental issue, whether mental, physical, and it's to me that's about that's a partner in a community. That's saying they're more than just giving out a gift card for a golf outing. They're about actually getting involved and doing something and making a change in our world. And that's what I love. I look up on the wall. You're, you're a big deal. This is where I'm going with this. You know, people <laughs> people know you. They recognize you. People respect me because they say, well, he's got a microphone, so i got to be nice to him. But people like you because of what you do. I see the picture there with President Bush on the wall, George W. Bush. You are well-known in a lot of circles. Did you ever think when you were starting out, you know, this business, you talked about doing it in a college that, hey, man, someday I'm going to be chumming around with the president and, the, and the, you know, the governor's going to know who I am and I'm going to be a really big deal. You know, I try not to think about any of that stuff. Even, uh, you know, that picture is behind me. And I, I think the most important thing that I can do as this company grows is remember my roots and stay humble as I can. Because I think that the minute you start thinking too much about yourself or who you are or what you mean to the world – you're going to be lost. You're going to, you're going to lose your way. I remember my dad, you know, used to, you know, Mike, I could give you a thousand stories of obviously he's my hero and just all the, the bits of wisdom that he gave me. And one of them was that he said, you know, Scott, I wanted to be a millionaire by the time I was 30. That was my goal. And he said, and I got there and I wasn't, and I was so frustrated and mad. And he said, I just said, you know what? 
I'm just going to start doing what I love and working harder. And he said, and all of a sudden, the money started pouring in. And he said, and so I got it. I understood that forget all that other crap because none of that means anything. The, the, the name on the building, the money, the do what you love, be passionate about it, and share your wisdom with other people. Try to help other people around you. Elevate them because once you do that and you start becoming a productive member of society and you, you start giving back and you are, are good with charity work and you're good with philanthropic – that's what will make your heart whole, not all this other stuff. You'll you'll continue to run the rat race, and you'll never do anything. And so I appreciate the compliments that you're offering me, but I try not to think of any of that. You know, when I see myself, I see myself as you or as anybody in this office. I'm just one guy that is supported by a big, great group of people. I've got a great wife that tr- makes sure that I stay grounded. Let's talk about your wife real quick. <laughs> Anytime we interview someone of note we, that, that gives their <clears throat> life to something, be it politics or music or, in this case, business, you got to have somebody at home or uh, some bodies at home that, always that tolerate the rock. you. Right? The rock. The rock. I mean, you know, that you've got to have somebody that you can come home to and talk. Or sometimes I don't want to come home and I want to talk about my day because it was just ugly, and I just need someone to just be there and just – talk to me have a have a glass of wine or a beer with me and you know this woman has been with me for we've been married up now for almost 18 years and so she knew me back when it was just one restaurant and she knew you know she's she's been through the war with me she's seen the seen me go through the recession she's seen me open up my my second restaurant that i opened i lost a million dollars and that's a lot of money man uh, it was freak out when you lose a million bucks well back like back then i always kind of joke around and kid that the beauty of being young and stupid is that i was young and i didn't care (laughs) it didn't mean anything to me back then it was just my wife and i and we were working hard and I, you know, she, we. I remember her and I going around to church parking lots and putting flyers under the church uh, windshield, the wiper windshield wipers of all the cars that were there, just offering like half off pre- breakfast, just to try to get people in the doors. And I'd get calls from ministers about how blasphemous I was, and God wasn't going to like this. And I said, Hey, God is not going to mind that I need to pay the mortgage, and I got payroll to pay, and He's going to give me a pass on this one. So, uh, I think that uh, you know the fact that she's stuck with me through thick and thin, and just been there says more about her and the fact that she doesn't, you know, if you see the name Lucy on our menu, you're going to see a Lucy burger. Which and is an, great. And it's and, and if you read the copy, it'll say Lucy loves two things, Scotty and the burger. And that's my wife. That's her middle name. And so you'll see one of our beers is called Two Lucys. My, my daughter's name, middle name is Lucille. So those are my two Lucys. So I try to give her little secret credits on, on our menus to kind of give her a shout out. And she knows it. And she just, I think every person man or woman that is in a in some kind of role of doing what I do there's always someone that's even stronger and better behind the scenes that doesn't need all the glim and glamour like I like I apparently do I feel really honored that you did this interview with me I've wanted to do it for for a long time um you're kind of picky about who you in, you know and do interviews <laughs> with I'm curious is it is it uh, how do you judge the media how do you deal with the media because you are so out there you know what I I've always had a good relationship with them. Um, I, I think it's important to just be honest. And I think if you work with people and you let them know what you're doing and why you're doing it, then I think the media respects that. I, you know, I mean, you see that with athletes and you see it with different politicians. And, and I mean, you're seeing it right now, again, using the president-elect, that, you know, you be adversarial with somebody and you're going to get, you know, you get bitter with bitter. And I think that it's always been important for me to just be open and honest. And I think the fact that I am, and I think that most of the media sees me as a real person that isn't perfect, that makes mistakes, and they respect that and understand that. And I think I think if you give that to them, then, you know, the one thing that I, 
uh, in the past probably five years. The, the part that would frustrate me is that I would do a verbal, like a phone interview with uh, somebody that's maybe writing an article and it doesn't come out right in print or right. they, you know, they, they just, so there was print guys are the worst. <laughs> They're terrible. So there became, there came a time for a minute where I was just like, all right, any more PR requests, I've got to answer via email. So I know that they're going to pull my quotes correctly. Well, I can't do that. I mean, I don't have time to answer every one of the media requests via email. So then I go back to doing the phone interviews and then they screw up the quotes again. So, <laughs> so the good part is with this is that I can just act like an idiot right with you on the microphone and it's all right get, here for everybody. Get our guest is Scott Wise. He's the founder of uh, Scotty's Brew House, Three Wise Men. Uh, something fun, something we have in common. We have quite a bit in common, but you're a huge Cubs fan. I am. And I see that lovely picture up there of you at Wrigley Field. <laughs> you, uh, do you know what that is? Uh, you want to tell the audience? That's the first pitch. I yeah. got to throw out the first yeah, pitch a couple years ago. Yeah, you got to do that. Now, when that was, was, that that was, was two years two ago. Years is that ago, Wrigley? Right? Yep. Um, we, I remember was, you tweeting. I remember all that, <laughs> thinking that man has just oh fulfilled my, my fantasy. It was, I'll tell you what, as excited as I was, it, was prob- it almost came to the point where I wasn't even excited about doing it because I was so – nervous and sick to my stomach that I was going to throw it in the dirt. Of course, I had every one of my friends that would send me YouTube videos of everybody that pitched to first base instead of home plate. And so I got, um, you know, the, the Indians local, the local team here, uh, was great. And they offered me, I said, can I come out? And I haven't pitched off a mound since I was in sixth grade. I said, can I please, I need to practice. Cause I don't want to get out there in front of everybody and make a fool out of myself. And so we get there and I, and it's national restaurant show weekend, which made it even more exciting. Right. So we bust up 50 of our managers and we took a bus of, uh, guests that went up there. And so I was really excited and I, and I was getting ready to go out and they, this kid rolls up in a wheelchair and I, and I said, what's going on? I thought I was throwing out the pitch. And I said, well, do you mind? We have this, this little boy that broke his leg last week and he was really excited about doing it. And I'm like, Oh my God! This this kid's gonna get out there and throw a heater right down the middle of the plate <laughs> with a broken leg in a wheelchair, and I'm gonna come out here and throw it right in the dirt. And so, you know, I got out there and I didn't. It wasn't a strike. It was a little high and outside, but it did not go into the dirt. And that was really for me. The goal for the whole weekend was not to. How does that happen? How do you get asked to throw out the first pitch at Wrigley Field? Because I'm gonna fu- I'm gonna you know plagiarism is a gr- great form of flattery. So you know what you know the motto. It's not what you know. It's who you know. Yeah. So it was definitely a. Uh, I had a few people in the right places that pulled some strings for me. Are you, uh, I mean, are you trying not to uh, throw up when you're out there? I mean, because Wrigley Field's always full no matter what. Oh, my gosh. You know what? When I went out there, so I had my phone with me, of course, like us, all of us in this generation, and I just kind of spun around a few times with it just to get video of the moment because it would just, it, you know, it's everything was happening so fast, and I was so nervous, and you, you get out to the mound and, of course, I wanted to play around a little bit, so I shook off the catcher. Was you know I told him I wasn't going to throw it. <laughs> Do you get to pick who catches the ball from you? No, they had a guy that um, was coming up through the minors, and it happened to be a friend that I knew just randomly. And I'm like, dude, I can't believe you're catching my ball. And so he – it was just, it was awesome. He, it was just an experience that I will, will never forget. I mean, I, like I said, that is when you got to do that. I said, now that is, that is it, <laughs> man. That, that is really cool. I, I'm curious, how did you spend the playoffs this year? I mean, were you? I built a fort and uh, hid under my bed until the game. Was I over? went up. Uh, I went up to two of the games um, in Wrigley. I didn't go to the game. All I wanted, I wanted to be. I went. I just couldn't find myself to pay the fees that. Now, were, see, this will make people like you more because they're like, this guy's a big restaurant owner. And even I, he's like, no, yeah, I'm not paying no, that. I, I, so we booked our hotel room like 30 days in advance knowing that 
if they got to that point that we would be able to go up and if I just I just wanted to be in Wrigleyville and just be able to have a beer right. and be able to watch it and still being around that atmosphere was awesome all the way until you know the end of the game and then it was kind of just all right now you just got to drink your sorrows away and no better place to do it than Wrigleyville. So, <laughs> well, I'm curious when they won. I mean, what was it like for you as a lifelong? Coach oh fan? my gosh! I, you know what? I, it was just to watch it on TV and to see it all happening. And I, I had a couple buddies that were at the game, and I just couldn't believe it. I was so I, I don't have a good story like a grandma that was a lifelong. And, right. You know, I didn't. My my I hate, I hate to admit it, but my grandfather. I do remember sitting on his lap as a child. Listening on to a transistor radio, and he was the biggest Reds fan. And he probably, God rest his soul, rolled over because I became a Cubs fan. And our, our buddy Tucker Barnhart will be very happy to hear that. He'll be very disappointed <laughs> in you, but he'll be very happy. Of course, Tucker Barnhart, friend of the show, catcher for the Cincinnati Reds. Um, it's awesome. I'm curious from a uh, PR perspective, when you say I'm going to open a restaurant somewhere, a lot of people don't realize it's not as simple as I'm going to open my restaurant in Brownsburg or Carmel. I'm going to go do it. You got to deal with idiots like me on this, you know, the city and town councils and the mayors. Like, how does that work? How do you just real quick, if you could, and I'm asking you to do something sure. complicated quickly, but from start to finish, how you go about deciding where you're going to put the restaurant and then putting it there? Well, I mean, for us, you just, it, you, you find markets that make sense. I mean, now where we are in our, you know, 20 years into this business now, it's a lot easier. So I can use a map and I can say, all right, Columbus, Ohio makes sense. And Cincinnati, we want to open in Lexington and Louisville. So we've got, we've already have sites that we know just make good sense. But then when you get to the city, there's, do you want to be on the north side or the west side or the east side? So you got all those then complications. Once you find the right site, then you have to go through the, what we're learning now is stuff that I just didn't, I, I'm learning stuff every day. So we're opening in Ohio, in Oxford, Ohio, Miami University, uh, this coming Monday, a week from today. So going there to get the liquor license, we should have been open two months ago, but the liquor license has taken me this long to try to figure out because at first we applied for the wrong license and then we decided we wanted to brew beer there. And then we said, okay, maybe we shouldn't because, you know, so, so anyway, you go through just a learning process. Do you ever at some point go, I hate everyone? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're trying to create commerce for the city, right? I don't, you know what? I think that you shouldn't ever hate anybody. I, th I think you can have maybe some dislike for some people, but <laughs> no, I, I, uh, it's, it's business. I think that you don't ever take life is here's your takeaway today. We take life too seriously. Social media makes it, everybody's got to hate everybody and make fun of everybody. And this is happening. And, I think the, la the the world just needs a little bit more laughter and a few more smiles. And so what I try, I mean, I'm human, a human being. I get aggravated and upset. I use the gym. I like to run and exercise, and I use the gym as my way to release that energy. And then just time, you know, let things soak in. And I just say, you know what? At the end of the day, I'm still breathing. I'm still here. I've still got a wonderful wife and four beautiful kids. I've got a great company. I'm doing this interview today. I I. I'm just enjoying the journey. As cliche as that might sound, my dad also taught me that quit trying to say, I, I remember, again, I'll rewind it for a minute, and I, I, I'm a big Bobby Knight. I used to love IU basketball you back in the Bobby Knight days. You may be my brother. You may be the brother I never had. <laughs> so I remember this interview where they said, Bobby, you know, after he won his last championship, they said, Did, do you, when, do you, when do you stop enjoying it and when do you start recruiting? And he said, I started making calls 30 minutes ago. And so I remember as I was opening restaurants, I kept telling myself, once I get to two restaurants, then, I'm, then it means I'm, I'm a successful restaurateur. 
And then I got to two, and I was like, that's ah, not, I don't feel like it yet. And when I get to seven, that's a true number. And then I got to set, and this thing has continued to play on. We're at 19 right now, and currently the number in my head is 25. And I'm sure when I get to 25, it's going to be 50. And it's going to, and so maybe that's either the type A in me or the OCD or just the com- competitive person. But there was a time where I walked out of our restaurant in Bloomington when we opened. Uh, it was the year that Mike Davis took Bobby Knight's team to yes, the, to the final you. game. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we had a line out the door. And I and I remember being in the restaurant and I was grilling them on, you know, hey, this is dirty and you guys need to do this and this isn't running right. And I walked out the door and it was like six o'clock and I'm dry, getting ready to drive home on my two hour jaunt back to I think Muncie I was living in at the time. And I and I called the owner or the general manager who is now is one of my best friends. He's my COO. He's been with me for twenty years. Definitely a guy that has been able to take all the crap that I give and still be my best fr- one of my best friends. And I said, Hey Eric, I just want to tell you, man, you're doing a great job. You know, you're, I think we get so caught up and I get, I get so frustrated in all the details that I forget to occasionally just say thank you and good job and take a breath and look outside the door and sh- look that you've got a two hour wait. So appreciate that stuff. So I try to, and I'm not always the best at it, but I try to remind myself that life isn't about trying to get to this number or that number. It's about just enjoying every single day, and that's what I try to do. Scott, thank you so much. I've wanted to do this interview for a long time, and uh, you're you're a Hoosier hero. You're an inspiring story, and thanks for sharing some of it with us today. Thank you. I appreciate having me. Hey, don't forget, if you missed any part of today's interview, you can check out a podcast anytime you want. We're on SoundCloud and iTunes. You can download the show right to your smartphone or tablet. Totally free of charge to search Central Indiana today. You can go back and listen anytime you want. The podcast, as always, presented by McDonald's. Until next time, I'm Rob Kendall saying have yourself a great evening. You've been listening to the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. An archive of today's program can be heard at our website, wyrz.org. Tune in next time for another edition of the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today with your host, Rob Kendall. This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Speedway, and 10th Street, next to Ben Davis High School, for great specials, including the two for $2.50 and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey. Since 1968, our family has been helping customers with their insurance needs. We provide insurance coverage for life, home, auto, and recreational vehicles. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. The Kevin Kersey Agency can also be found on Facebook at The Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. The Kevin Kersey Agency is a proud member of the Farmers Insurance Group. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County.
This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio.